Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the gospel of our Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. At the end of each year, one thing that we always see on TV and on the internet are those year in review segments or the top 10 things that happened in the year 2020. Uh, lists of things that were popular or reminders of events that happened and remembrances of those who died. Now, I found myself composing my own version of this for the last year of our lives. Because as I said in the announcements, it was just about a year ago, on the second Sunday in Lent, no less, that we began to recognize that our lives were going to be impacted by this thing called the coronavirus. And if you are like me, then you didn't think it would be for long or that it would hit that close to home here in the mountains. So I will be the first to admit that I was wrong. I even had to admit that I was wrong to Pastor Jess about this one. I was way wrong, and she was way right, which happens a lot. I was wrong on both accounts, as we have now found out. And here we are, one year in. Terms that sounded strange at first, social distancing, double masking, color-coded maps. Pastor, we're going to get you some plexiglass for the pulpit. <laughs> These things that we at one time thought were kind of crazy have become commonplace. And what at first seemed like a special short-lived thing, worship online and over the phone, 
saying morning prayer with people from our congregations and folks from around the country and world on Tuesdays and Thursdays has become a weekly ritual all these months later that is still commanding quite a large audience. Now, Pastor Jess and I have begun talking about how we are going to document this time, this particular time in the life of our ministry, stories of what things looked like during this past year back here in the mountains. So future members of our congregations, future pastors can know what exactly happened here during the year 2020 and into 2021. I wonder what people will think 50 years from now when they see pictures of worshipers in masks spaced out around the sanctuary, pews X'd off with tape. One thing that we have all felt are a range of emotions from all the trials and changes that have happened during the last year. In some ways, it has felt like the movie Groundhog Day for a lot of us. A new day when the alarm goes off and then the same exact routine and the same schedule. Day in and day out. And many of us have felt a deep sense of loneliness with social and physical isolation hard to cope with some days. We have felt hope and excitement with good news. Things were really good in October and November. And we thought things were going to keep on going that way. And then we felt despair when there's been bad news. When an outbreak took over our community for almost three months. Or when things have been looking up, but then the change hasn't come quite as fast as we wished it would. Perhaps the most difficult thing for all of us to deal with has been our pessimism that has taken hold at some point, probably for all of us, a natural human reaction to many of the events of the last year. And what that pessimism has done is that it's put us into a place where collectively we have been focused much more on the things that we can't do than on the things that we can do. A deep lament over every single thing that we've missed over the past year. And I know, I mean, some of us can name them. For me, a lot of them are food related, which I think says something about, you know, where I'm at. But we get into that place instead of celebrating the opportunities, like reaching out to people online, calling folks, letting them know that you're thinking about them. Dare I say, maybe not even recognizing some of the blessings that have come this last year to date. Like sharing on Zoom with folks from around the parish and getting to hear diverse perspectives in Bible study from someone from Pocahontas County or wherever they might be. But this perspective isn't anything new. This human problem is not just with our generations. 
All we have to do is look back at the gospel text for this morning to see this very thing playing out. The disciples have had a front row seat to the most powerful scenes and ministry of Jesus. They have seen him take on the religious elites in debates and win. They've watched him heal people, even on the Sabbath day. They even witnessed him walking on water. They've seen it all. It's awesome. And they want to see more. So forgive Peter then for being a little upset with Jesus teaching today. He's only saying what all of the disciples are thinking. How can someone who speaks so powerfully, who heals so completely, who transcends the limits of human ability, say that he must be rejected and that he's going to be killed by mere mortals? No, Jesus, Peter says, that must never happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. But we know the end of the story, right? We know where this thing is headed. And again, as we look at this teaching, it is all about perspective. Jesus' next teaching was inspired by Peter's response to his passion announcement. He realizes that the disciples and all those who are following Jesus think that it's a one-way ticket to glory and power, that Jesus, as this messianic figure, is going to conquer all those that stand in their way, and he is going to be seated at the highest power of authority on earth. And those who are following think that it's going to be easy for them, right? That Jesus is just going to clear out all the roadblocks and do all these amazing things. And then they are going to reap the benefits of being the ones that were first in line in, the, in his ministry. But instead, Jesus calls the crowds in. And he tells them that following him is going to involve such things as denying themselves, taking up their cross and following him in this way. That instead of trying to save one's life, discipleship would involve losing it for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the gospel. And in that process of letting go, of taking up our cross and following Jesus, we would find the life that Jesus has claimed for us. Well, this teaching was a lot, even for the disciples who up until this point had thought that they had a one-way ticket to power and easy living. They didn't want to hear Jesus talking about the cross because they knew what happened on crosses and it didn't end pretty. And for the disciples and for many of us, we look at this teaching and the first thing we think about is the events around the cross that led to suffering and death. It's the first thing the disciples focus on. And we think back to our teaching about Jesus' road to the cross, right? What we experience in Holy Week. 
the images of Jesus carrying his cross up Calvary's mount. But what if we shifted our focus from the stories of Holy Week to the whole of what the cross represents? If we take a step back and look at what the cross means for us as Christians, right? It's a central figure, a central symbol in our life of faith. I can look around this room and I can probably see, I don't know, 20 or 30 crosses in less than two seconds. So it's at the heart of our Christian theology that the cross doesn't simply represent death. It's an enduring symbol for us because it represents life. That on the cross, Jesus defeats death and thereby we, his followers, are given eternal life. So the cross is not the end, but it's in fact the beginning of something that lasts forever. Jesus transforms this symbol of shame, this symbol of death, this symbol of earthly oppression, and he makes it the very symbol of our salvation. So when we use that lens to view the cross, when we think about picking up and carrying our cross through that perspective, then what does it mean for us to carry the cross in our own lives? Well, it means we are carrying hope into the midst of despair, light into the midst of darkness, life itself into the midst of death. It means we are open to following where God is calling us instead of demanding to lead our own way. And sometimes it means that the path we are on won't conform to the one that the world would have us follow. Now, right now, we are caught in the midst of two dominant narratives. And these two dominant narratives are at work in all segments of my life, at least as I've observed it. It's on the news, it's in clergy meetings, it's when I'm talking to my friends from home and Wheeling and college. There's two dominant narratives. One says that we just need to get back to doing all the things that we once did, right? Rewind the clock to a year ago, just get back at it. Consequences to you and to your neighbor don't matter. Oftentimes when I do a little, little more digging, I find out that the people who are saying this have one or two shots, right? I'm good. I'm good. We're looking out for number one. So that's one dominant narrative. And then there's another narrative. It says that we need to hunker down, that we have to live in fear far into the future, right? We hear this news that the coronavirus is gonna be with us for a long time and we're getting down into the basement, right? Stock the cellar, we're hiding away, right? So I'm, I'm exaggerating these, right? But these are kind of the two narratives that we're working through. And I just think, what does it mean, right? What does it mean in this time and in this place? where we are today, to take up our cross and follow Jesus? And what does that mean as we live our lives 
and reclaim some of the things that we used to do and like to do. And as I think about our own parish, I think, can we reclaim some of our in-person activities while caring for our neighbor's health and safety? Can we share and fellowship here without leaving behind those who aren't quite ready to venture out, even for church? Our brothers and sisters from this congregation and other congregations that are still worshiping with us online and over the phone. Can we let go of what we want and follow where God is calling us, even and especially if it conflicts with what the world is telling us to do. These are the difficult realities of discipleship. There's never one single easy answer, and oftentimes it involves asking a lot of questions about how my decision will affect my neighbor. This is what it means to follow Jesus, because the promise is that we are never alone. We don't live in a vacuum. We live in and amongst God's people. But we also aren't the ones that are called to lead, right? We are called to carry our cross and follow, which means we also are never far from where God is calling us to be. So may we be willing to open our perspective and our hearts and our minds to where Jesus is calling us in this time and in this place. And may we be willingly and joyfully able to take up our cross and follow him in the way of hope and light and life. Thanks be to God. this week's episode. And for further messages from our clergy, feel free to visit wordfromthemountaintop.org.